E3. 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 Here we are at the close. The storybook of E3 2021 has closed. Did you feel it? All four pages? Yeah. Slipping through our fingers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gone. It's done. Uh, It's like, um, remember Frodo at the end of uh, Lord of the Rings where he goes, it's, it's, you say it's finished or it's, it's done. You know what I'm talking about? When he's hanging in the eagle, he's like, it's done. You know, I, yeah, I don't know the quote. I, I always like, I just can't take Frodo seriously in that movie. Like not a single scene in that movie, not, not just that movie, the trilogy. Am I like, you know what? This Frodo guy's got it together. <laughs> oh, of course he doesn't have it together. He's carrying the, the one ring with him to, um, to Mordor. Mordor. They roll the art twice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we can't talk about Lord of the Rings. Justin will be here all day and not talk yeah. about video games. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, I should, uh, you know what I should do? Every time we talk about Lord of the Rings, I should cut it and save it, and then I just will have a super clip. It's probably like four hours of us just talking about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, I think um, that'll be a worthwhile podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, it could be sort of a quarterly podcast, which is like here's three hours of Lord of the Rings talk. Anyway, uh, E3 is done. This is our last episode until uh, a week from Thursday. So. Thanks for sticking with us here in in these recordings. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. But before we get there, Justin, our theme song. This is Hitbox. Welcome back to Hitbox episode, huh? The Reckoning. Um, <laughs> I figured, you know, part one, part two, part three, and then, like, uh, Revelations. or uh, Yes, Kill Chaos. Uh, Hitbox episode, huh? Kill Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Peter Hunspitzeg, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. We just got done watching the Bandai Namco presentation, if one can call it that. I want to talk about that first before we talk about Nintendo, because I think we're going to have a lot more to say about Nintendo. Uh, so Bandai Namco had their presentation, and they are publisher, perhaps most famously known recently for publishing from software games. And then I didn't even realize that they had any hand in uh, Dark Pictures Anthology. Are you a fan of those games? Uh, yeah, it was like a double shock because not only like I was just literally expecting, and they might have like had a, a release telling us that they were only talking about um, the uh, what is it, Dark Ashes to Ashes, <laughs> uh, House of Ashes. I was close, House of Ashes. Yeah. Uh, I missed that, so I was expecting a, maybe a couple of announcements or at least a, a further deep dive into the the Bandai Namco game we were all thinking about, Elden Ring. <laughs> so I was a little. Like, I wasn't, like, mad by the interview. I was just, like, once they said it was just going to be uh, Presents uh, House of Ashes, I was like, oh, I've misread the room. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I think we talked about this yesterday, too. They have um, Scarlet Nexus as well, which I am actually really excited for. But that comes out in a few weeks here, maybe next month. Um, so I, I am excited for that. I thought we were going to see a little bit more of that. And they have another, like, anime-ass game as well. But... If I if I may be so bold, I'm kind of a Dark Pictures fan. I loved Until Dawn, and I will say that Dark Pictures has never been better than Until Dawn was. But, and and I will also preface by saying like I like uh, Dark Pictures, but I don't think they're very good. But I find them to be very enjoyable. Is uh, it, is Until yeah. Dawn a Dark Pictures game? Is that part of that, or is it by the same studio? No, it's by the same studio. So they are, it's, okay, who made Hades? Because one of them is super massive, and then one of them is super giant. I think Hades was super giant. So super massive is Until Dawn, and that, so they made that game, and then they um, followed that up with an, an announcement saying, hey, we're doing a horror anthology sort of similar to, you know, Twilight Zone or uh, Black Mirror, whatever, you know. Um, but it's going to be, two to three to four hour long 
until dawns with like way less characters and it's a pretty straightforward plot but um i like them they're not great but i think they're fun because i like that sort of like choose your own adventure sort of game where like if a character dies it might not be the end of the world because you didn't spend like eight hours yeah. with them yeah you know i guess my question is like mm. uh, what makes them not like great for you is it just the time um, or the the writing is sort of all over the place sort of like moment to moment and then also just in general so like the last one dark pictures little hope was about this um, spoilers it turns out that all of the different characters were in your head the whole time so their deaths mean nothing and it brings up a lot of questions about like what were you doing what was happening here um so like <laughs> that and they always get they have like one like not to dunk on any of the people in these games but like one sort of like c-less actor to be in them who is like the main character so for the first one it was um okay do you remember quantum break yeah the main character of Quantum Break is like a TV actor. I think he was in X-Men as well or something like that. Sean Ashmore. Yes. He was the main character in um, uh, Man of Medan. And then hmm. the guy who was in, um, I think, Shameless. You know that meme where it's like, wait, you guys are getting paid? Uh, you're, uh, you're, I'm dating no, okay. myself with memes. I mean, it's like, it's... In the past year or so, uh, he's he is wow. the he's the redhead guy in Shameless. He was in this, uh, and he was actually pretty good in it. And but um, th this time, the actor they have for House of Ashes, imagine my surprise, Ashley Tinsdale of High School Musical. I fame. was so shocked, and like <laughs> even like when they were saying they were talking about, they said like Ashley, and they were like were showing pictures of her. I was like Ashley who. Like, who is this Ashley? Yeah. And then I went on the IMDb page, and it was um, uh, Ashley Tisdale. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's do some uh, Sharpay uh, Evans uh, songs together. I was going to try and sing one, but I can't name one off the top of my head. She does uh, <laughs> the way you do. Yeah, that's in the first one. Um, yeah, it, not important, but House of Ashes, it, it, I'm excited for it because I think they're fun and they're the kind of games that me and Elena will play because we get to make the choices together and they're not super long. They're pretty bite-sized. So, um, and they are like cheap, cheap scares, you know what I mean? Which is like, sometimes you want just a cheap scare thing where like you can go to bed immediately after playing instead of those things that like really sort of pick away at you. So. Yeah, and uh, don't get me don't get me wrong. Um, I never, I, I haven't seen the current version of the Twilight Zone, but I think your uh, explanation of it being like a Twilight Zone series um, makes total sense because at least the original Twilight Zones, those were like not the best like production quality, but sure. like some of the stuff and the themes and the ideas, the, those were the things that were kind of creepy and cool and creative. Um, so I, I, I think just going in with that right expectation, knowing that this is kind of like. B, C tier kind of like just jump scare in your face kind of stuff. But I thought it looked good. Like this one looked interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and, and some of the stuff they talked about, about the things they learned from their last few entries. I mean, if each one gets a, incrementally better by the end, because I think they're doing like six of them and this is number three. Um, by the end, it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I, I have no expectation of it being like mind blowing or anything like that, but it's the kind of thing that I look forward to sort of every year. Uh, any, any other thoughts on this on House of Ashes? Yeah, I'm just trying to find out who this actor was. Um, uh, in uh, oh, this kid, he was from um, the uh, the Millers, and he was in he was the kid in Click as well, I believe. No, yeah, the kid in Click okay. was um, Cal Kestis in Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, he was in Where the Millers. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, now, 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 now this all I'm like, uh, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. I mean, these games are the kind of games because I think also uh, until dawn had a few 
characters that were like that. They had Hayden Penetier. She was a Disney Channel mm-hmm. kid, I think. And then they had some guy who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Um, so, like... Mr. Robot? Oh, if, uh, uh, yeah. They had... Um, Rami Malek, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, what's cool about those games, though, it is is that like they do show you like, yo, we're getting pretty good at putting real people in video games. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? And just like having yeah, real people yeah. just straight up do performances. So like that's kind of cool. And it's cool that you are getting these, you know, lesser known actors. You know, you're not you don't have Norman Reedus in the game. You have. Uh, Hayden Panettiere or <laughs> Ashley Tinsdale, who I will say is probably the most known of the sort of smaller actors that they've had in these games. I might uh, this this might be a different podcast, but I might I might say Norman Reedus is probably on the same star level, if not lower, than Ashley Tisdale. That might be a hot take. Uh, I don't know. I mean, The Walking Dead. I mean, think of like in our circle, I think in like the people who'd be listening to this podcast, I think that might be yeah. a controversial statement for me to make. But I think like as in terms of like if I ask more people like just like a high school, <laughs> like, who do you like, like right. better. Yes. Or who do you know? Yeah. Or my girlfriend. She would definitely say Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think if I asked my girlfriend, like, do you, who do you, do you know who Norman Reedus is? She'd be like, who? And I'd be like, do you know who Ashley Tisdale is? She'd be like, yeah, obviously. Like, so yeah, yeah. you're probably right with that, but uh, I, I digress. You want to talk about Nintendo? Can we talk about the big, the big dog? Oh, wait, I didn't that think we were going to talk today, about House huh? of Ashes so much. Uh, they had their direct, and it was pretty good. I, I had low expectations. Go on. Yeah, what's up? And I think I had low expectations because I was like eye-rolling at everyone else's high expectations. I'm like, literally, yes, we are too. not going to get all this stuff. Like, if I heard one more person say Mario Kart 9's coming, I'm like, do you see the sales number from Mario Kart 8? Right. It's never going to stop. They're never going to make a new one. I mean... It's never going to end. Never, Just give me a but, couple new courses. That's all I need. Five bucks, yeah. new course, if that's what you want to do. But, like, I, I think people were so, like, crazy, um, like, hyped with it that I, I was just trying to be a realist here. So when I saw the Direct and I saw these announcements, I was, like, legitimately impressed with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. No, me too. Uh, I was in a similar boat. Everyone's talking about, like, we're going to get Bayonetta 3. I was like, we're not going to get Bayonetta 3. Because it was was also like, yo, Platinum Games was here, and you guys were disappointed with their thing. They're working on something else. Like, I I don't know if Bayonetta is has been given to someone else, but like, uh, I don't think we're gonna get Bayonetta three. And then here's here's the one thing though. Everyone was like, we're gonna get Metroid Prime four, and it's like we're not gonna hear about. We're not. They're not even gonna mention Metroid Prime four. And then like twenty minutes in, I was like, they're talking about Metroid Prime four. Uh, which, I mean, I mean, they, they just mentioned it sort of in passing, saying, "Hey, we're working hard on yeah. it. Development's going well, or whatever." Uh, but it, it, we didn't see anything about it. I, I sort of feel like, obviously, but what we did see, Metroid Dread. If, if I may skip a few games into our list here, Metroid Dread is a 2D Metroid game that is uh, following the story of Metroid Prime Fusion, which. Came out 19 years ago. I think that's what they said. And this game has been, they've been working on it since I think 2005, 2004. Uh, And and this is the final, uh, they said like this is like the final chapter in that story. So I'm going to be curious where Metroid sort of goes from here. Uh, I did some looking about the Metroid timeline because I was like, is this as messy as like Legend of Zelda? It's not. Uh, Metroid. Dread is like the last game in the timeline and Metroid Prime 4 will probably go behind Metroid Prime 3, which takes place between Metroid the original and then Metroid 2. What do you think of Metroid Dread? I want to first of all say that I felt old when they said the last 2D Metroid game came out 19 years ago and i was <laughs> sure. like no no that can't be true because in my head i still think i'm like 22 years old not the case guys no, i'm not 22 years old so like to like hear that and then like to remember playing it very vividly metroid fusion uh mm-hmm. was shocking to me <laughs> sure um but uh in terms of the game itself uh i cannot I think this is like the best case scenario for Metroid because I think this this is a game that's going to excite people um, yeah. a lot. 
And I think because it was a surprise, it was better than hearing about Metroid Prime 4. Because let's oh, be yeah. honest, if Metroid Prime 4 came out this year, uh, the, the, that would have been an insane thing. I mean, we've seen zero from it. We haven't even heard right. whispers from it. Um, and then for this to come out and they had the the cool art style. At first, I thought they were like doing a 3D Metroid. And I was like, this doesn't look that great. But then like to pull it back and it's like a 2D game like that. Yeah. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, I, I don't think I'm the biggest Metroid fan in general. I might play mm-hmm. this game. I don't think I've been locked into it, but that doesn't mean this isn't a game to be excited about. Um, yeah. And if you watched any of the Treehouse live footage about it, it looked pretty fast and it looked pretty fun. It looks like, so I didn't play Samus Returns, which was, I think, the 3DS ports that they made that also, like, it's like a remake, so they updated a lot of stuff, of, I think, Metroid mm-hmm. Fusion. Uh, so I didn't play that one, but apparently this game borrows a lot of those ideas and makes it faster and quicker and stuff, uh, which, uh, similar to you, I'm not like a big Metroid fan, but l- looking at this, I was like, I might buy this. <laughs> it, it looks cool, and, and I like the idea of the, um, they were called like E-M-M-I, or like Emmy. those are like the robot dogs that are the, it's the dog from Half-Life 2, uh, that is constantly pursuing you. I think that's kind of cool, but... I wrote in my notes because um, the at the very end of the trailer that they showed, uh, they showed one of those Emmys just, just straight up killing Samus. And I'm like, they fucking yeah. killed Samus twice because of the Smash reveal. They also killed Samus. Oh, yes. Yes. I was like, did they? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they yeah, killed no. <laughs> the characters in that Smash reveal. Um, yeah, oh those my are my thoughts. I want to talk about that Smash reveal in a second. Uh, that's about it. All I've got on Samus, uh, not Samus Dread, uh, Metroid Dread. I think it looks great. Uh, might be the first game in the series that I actually really get into. Yeah, and and this, I think I, I, I said it before, but this is a, a better reveal and a bigger surprise than hearing more about Metroid Prime Four. I agree, one hundred percent. Because I had like, n- uh, this, this is not on my radar. This is at all. one of those. Yes. Yeah, exactly. This is one of those like E three things. Like, like you're kidding, right? They did. They did confuse me a little bit. Did they say Metroid Five before they started showing this? Is this like the fifth game of Metroid Two D? Like, what what was going on with that? Unless I just was yes. confused. No, so they did say Metroid Five, but that is because so they're in this canon because all the games fit into the timeline. But it's like there's the Metroid series and then there's like the Metroid Prime series and all the Metroid Prime series happen like in the order they come out for the most part. Um, but then the, all of those, all of Metroid Prime happens between Metroid and Metroid 2. So like they're just like, this is the timeline. Yeah. There you go. So there is, in, in terms of like this being Metroid 5, there's Metroid, Metroid 2, Super Metroid, Metroid Fusion, and then this, Metroid Dread. Which Got it. Where's that one with? Uh, where's that one that like corrupted people's uh, systems? Come. Where did that? Which one was like, that? Sam has talked and people were so pissed about it. Oh, Metroid Other M. Yeah. Where does that fit in this? I think that one. That one comes right before this one. If I'm remembering correctly from the Wikipedia page. I was but that's not one of the Metroid today. numbered ones, right? Correct. That one sort of is its own thing. Metroid 5, which uh, is coming out, looks pretty good, and it's known as Metroid Dread. Do you know what the Dread stood for? Like, is that a thing? Uh, I just think it means the word Dread, which is awesome. <laughs> I like, it makes me think of, cool. do you know Judge Dread? Yeah. It makes me think of, like, those movies with Sly Stallone, and then also they did one with uh, Carl Urban, which is so good. <laughs> like, That was um, a good one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. But I, I like the title. I was excited by all the gameplay. Uh, I'm and it comes out in October. The rest of this year is looking pretty good. <laughs> if I, I know we talked about I this know. last do, do week, you know, but yeah. Do you know what would have been a better title than Dread? Uh, you hit me. Chaos. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So uh, let's talk about Smash. So uh, what's his name? I don't. I didn't recognize him. In, like I knew what he looked like. Uh, because Kiyaza, Kazaya. From Tekken. Kazuya? I don't know. Kazooie? <laughs> Kazooie. <laughs> no, there's already Kazooie in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's from Tekken. I don't know anything about Tekken. I think people are going to be happy about this. I'm not super into the Smash scene as much as you have been in the past. But, like, that's a cool reveal. Him dropping Ganondorf off a cliff in a lava and then trying to do the same thing with Kirby. Like, that's cool. And the way the way they set it up like i legitimately thought for a second that they start they were starting with breath of the wild 
<laughs> and I was confused too because the Ganon that they were showing, I was like, yo, that's like Ganon from uh, Ocarina of Time. Smash. Like that is an old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. But. It was cool. Uh, go on. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. So I thought that this lure was going, and then I saw the reveal, and I gotta admit, like, this isn't the most like exciting character for me because uh, I'm not a big fan of the 2D like fighting characters in this. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of the the 2D brawler characters they hit hard, they move slow, and they're bad at recovery. Um, sure. But Kazuya uh, Kazuya uh, Kazui. Um, is basically like, I believe, part demon or something like that. So perhaps there's something similar to Joker's mechanics where um, there's like a charge up mm. that you can like turn into the demon that would give you different powers and stuff. And if that's the case, that would be a little bit more unique than just a fighter character. But I really liked the uh, way that they were showcasing the character and they legitimately pulled it up to make it look like a fighting game. And it kind of yeah. shows you how how close smash is to being an actual fighting game even though it's not um but yeah i mean i'm not not i'm not super excited for that character but i'm excited to play a new character sure i um i was watching it and i was like this is not necessarily my thing like this isn't a character that's personally going to get me back into smash but that's cool like i'm sure people are going to be happy about this yeah um and i liked i did like uh Who's the director? Um, Sakurai? Mm, yes. I liked him sitting there being like, we're going to show you guys everything about him. Here's the date. And he's like, and then actually we're going to record the footage that you just watched real quick, which I thought was fun. Um, I, like, I, I always <laughs> yeah, like seeing behind good. the curtain a little bit. But uh, exciting stuff. So we still have one more character to get. And not to speculate too much, uh, real quick, everyone has... Every, everyone talks about the characters they want in Smash, and everyone's like Kratos and Master Chief. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't think that Nintendo would ever, ever allow a character like Kratos or Master Chief into their games. Maybe Master Chief over Kratos because, I mean, like, Master Chief, like, those games aren't, like, the most horrifically violent things in the world, but, like, I don't know. I just it, that seems wild to me that anyone would think that that could even be a thing. Uh, but I think that the last character that they're going to have to put in or that they're going to be putting in is going to be um, a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, like not that this guy isn't like interesting, but I think it's going to have to be something really big to to sort of send the game off. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like uh, some more Nintendo property, I would say. Like, there's still so yeah. many Nintendo characters that aren't in there that I think there is an opportunity to have uh, maybe another big name person. Like, I mean, people would literally just die of happiness if they're like Waluigi. They would just oh die my, of uh, happiness. Can you imagine? That would actually be the the thing they should do. I think that's what they should do. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, what'd you say before? Like Doc McStuffins? Teddy no. Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said Grimace from Mc, from the McDonald's uh, world, so I'm telling you the too. whole the whole McDonald's cinematic universe. Yeah, Mayor McCheese's um, final smash is pretty dope. He <laughs> puts you in a burger. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see what else was on here. Lots of stuff. I will say, like they in a similar way to Xbox the Xbox Bethesda one, it was just like announcement after announcement, after announcement, after announcement. And, and I personally was like, smile. I was smiling uh, similar in the same way that I was with, with Xbox. It was just like thing after thing, after thing, life is strange. Uh, true colors is coming to the switch. I don't know. Have, were the other games on switch? No. Right. No, the, uh, the re I don't believe so. And the remasters coming, they said later this year, which would be odd if it came after the true colors, but whatever. Um, I guess that means the worlds aren't going to be connected, which is fine. I don't know if I'm going to put. I don't know if I'm going to play uh, True Colors on the Switch, but it's cool that that's an option. Uh, and then the same thing. Yeah. With Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing. They're like, "Yo, this is coming what? to Switch." How? It's a cloud version. It's a cloud. It's on the cloud. It is not. Uh, they're not getting a physical release or anything like that, which I guess makes sense. But for those people who only have a Switch, like that's awesome. 
That's so cool. And I just like how more companies are doing that. So it's not just like a couple of companies that are going through and doing this cloud stuff. Uh, Control was was developed by uh, who again? Remedy. Remedy. So Remedy's doing it. Now we have um, uh, Square Enix doing it. Uh, the uh, 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 Bethesda's IOI. doing it. Like yeah, yeah, like. Like I think that like that's a great that, that's great to, to do that. Um, I do have to say I still wish that they said like, and it's not going to be on the cloud server. It's going to be on the pro. <laughs> you know, like they did something like that. But I've I've thoughts about that, and let I, let's talk about it right now. Do you think the Switch Pro is going to be coming out later this year? I really think the the shortage in chips is is hurting. It would make that a, a poor decision for them uh, mm-hmm. financially. Um, I mean, Nintendo is a successful business, uh, and yeah. I don't think they want to do something to like push uh, themselves to like have games be not ready or put back and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, you're trying to build a computer right now and like, mm-hmm. the, it's hard <laughs> to do that. It really is hard yeah. to do that because even like the, the overpriced, not as good shit, like, uh, uh, GPUs, you can't purchase them cheaply. Even CPUs mm-hmm. are hard to get right now. Uh, so like, I, I think that makes so much more sense. I wonder where these leaks came from because a lot of these leaks, a lot of them seemed not credible, but a lot of industry people who normally do have kind of a heads up on this stuff were seeming to to be hinting that it was going to happen two weeks ago or whenever that was. So, well, I think you have. I mean, you have Bloomberg reporting on it. I think that means it is a credible leak. You know, like they're not just going to report yeah, on exactly whoever is saying, "Oh, Switch Pro is coming tomorrow." Uh, so here's here's the thing. I think, and, and we talked about this last week or the week before, the Switch Pro and Breath of the Wild 2 are going to be connected. And I think that because Breath of the Wild 2, we, did, we saw it at the end, um, it, and we saw that it's coming out in 2022, I think they're going to push it, the Switch Pro, to 2022. Because looking at what they've got going on for the rest of the year, I mean, uh, there might be another direct, you know, in three months to say, hey, here's what's going on holiday uh, 2021. I don't think that anything is going to come out that we don't know about in that is going to require that better hardware. Does that make sense? The only the only one that would concern me a little bit is the uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus or Arceus or whatever mm, the heck it is. Yeah. And that's yeah. coming out in January. Um, so, but that... I, I don't know the Pokemon company or Game Freak to like delay games, but maybe that Sure. Maybe that would get yeah. delayed a little bit too. Um but uh, you know one thing one thing to say and it kind of jumping the gun with this. Uh, I guess we can talk about it next Breath of the Wild too, like by the way. Yeah. yeah that hey, happened. That was um, so dope. The Fortnite memes are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um but it seemed like that when they were talking about it, first of all, I just super appreciate how like over apologetic they were in the press conference. Like that's such like a like just a nice little thing about like it not coming out sooner. <laughs> like they, mm-hmm. they were apologizing for that. And I'm like, I don't think you need to apologize to that for that. No, no. Um but they did make it seem like it might not even come out in 2022. Like I, from from the way it was said, and granted, it's through a translator. I, I would not. I would be like, hey, I mean, maybe it might come out early 2023. Who knows? And I think that that is the strength of not committing to a specific date. And that's why, like the games that do yes, have specific Field. dates. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think the games that do have specific dates in 2022 are probably going to meet them. And you know cut this clip and, and show it to me in a year where, you know, they do delay Starfield or they do delay, I don't know what else had dates for 2022, but like that to me gives them much more wiggle room than saying like Q1 2022 or however you want to, you know, uh, uh, display that. But yeah, I think it looks like more breath of the wild. We got, they showed off a few more powers that looked kind of interesting of like link turning into like a drop of water or something like that and going up like a, I don't even know. It was cool. Um, he has hair that looks like mine, which I think is fun. Uh, <laughs> he also <laughs> didn't get a haircut and it hasn't gotten a haircut in a while. Um, and I also, so, you know, you have, uh, who's the producer of the series? I, he introduced himself, right? Yeah, he did. He and he's like well known. 
So like when like for example well, when he showed up at, not on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> when when he showed up at the last uh, Nintendo Direct, everyone sort of lost their minds because it's like oh my gosh he's here is it Tetsuya Nomura? That sounds right, but that also might be the guy from Kingdom Hearts. Either way, um, when he showed up and he was like, when the when the presenter before said this is our last announcement, I had to bring it back because it showed. Age of Calamity, an Age of Calamity expansion, and yeah, I, was I was like, I was for a second gonna oh be mad. No. I was like, people are gonna be really mad. So I brought it back a little bit, and he said, like, this is our last batch of announcements. And so I was like, oh, they're about to talk about Zelda for like four minutes straight. So they did the Age of Calamity expansion, which I have no feelings about. They showed a little bit more of Skyward Sword HD, which it, it still looks like that game. So I don't know if I'm gonna get in there. Uh, and then they showed off <laughs> Breath of the Wild two. Still no title. They still are calling it you know the sequel to breath of the wild or whatever but they also showed off something that i desperately want and that is the legend of zelda game and watch which has zelda one the adventure of link link's awakening and then uh vermin which is like a game and watch game which i don't really know anything about but you have a link playing it instead of whoever you you play as link instead of whatever character was was in those original ones yeah uh that looks really cool and that is something that i may just buy and did did they make it very clear that this is what they're doing to celebrate the Zelda was it twenty fifth anniversary? Uh, no, that it's is more the than that, right. It, it's thirty five. Is it thirty five or twenty five? Thirty five. I'm gonna say it's it thirty five. Thirty five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think they made that very clear, but I think that's what it is. Where they're like, this is this is what you get. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, I don't think they needed to do anything huge. They're already remastering Skyward Sword. They it gave us more information on Breath of the Wild 2. They had Age of Calamity come out this year, like I think, or maybe that was last year. But they've got expansions coming out for that game. I think they're doing enough. And with this game and watch, I think that is also just a fun little celebration of those older games. And yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. But I am. I have a suggestion. Don't. No, what's up? <laughs> no, what's up? Seriously, what's up? I just don't understand why they don't port the Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Wind Waker games to Switch. And I know it's not a copy and paste. I know that's the, the mm-hmm. simple, like, people always say that. I know it's a bigger process than that. But even putting those the, the versions that they had on the 3DS um, and the Wii U and just putting those over, like, that's such an easy win. Like, if, if they had, you know, they didn't have Metroid, but they announced those three games, like, even one of those three games, I think people would have been, like, they would have been going crazy about this conference because of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would really just like to redo and, and play those again. I agree. And I have two thoughts about that. Because I was talking to a friend of mine about someone saying, like, yo, I'm hoping that they do a Zelda HD pack where, you know, they have, like, uh, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess as a bundle. And I was like, I, I don't think this was a few days ago. I, I, w- I wouldn't think that they were going to do that because they already announced that they're doing Skyward Sword HD, and I assume that's going to cost $60. And then to also have a pack of three games that also cost $60, or what are they going to do, make it $180? Like, mm, probably not. That, to me, seems not likely. But I think... So people have been asking for the Metroid Prime trilogy to get a port. And one of the developers recently, I do not have who it was. I do not have this article in front of me because I didn't think I was going to be talking about this. Uh, so, But I have read this at some point. I'm a great journalist. <laughs> uh, said, like, it would take a Herculean effort to port those games over to the Switch. So I think there is clearly, and we don't make games, and I, we are not claiming to think that no. porting games over is easy, but um, I think there is clearly an amount of effort that would have to go into bringing that stuff over that we just aren't aware of. And so for that reason, it's just not going to come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, and and I know it's a harder, harder effort, but like, I would rather than put the resources and effort they're putting into Scrambled Sword. Right. Sure. In, into uh, the other ones. But um, that, that, that is me again, being overly critical and looking that gift horse in the mouth. 
Similar to Skyward Sword, though, with that amiibo, the Metroid Dread amiibo is so dope. Looks because I also cool. yeah, I think that cool. the Samus costume redesign or like uh, the spacesuit redesign is so cool. So I actually I actually might get super into Metroid for Metroid uh, Dread. Oh, yeah, I, thought, I more... thought you were gonna say I'm, I might get super into amiibos. <laughs> I'm already decently into amiibos. I got all my Animal Crossing ones because they were four dollars. <laughs> Because <laughs> they wait, made way too many, apparently. Uh, I, have, I have two more games that I want to talk about here. Uh, very briefly. WarioWare, get it together. That's kind of fun. Uh, I have fond memories of playing WarioWare on the Wii. I don't know which one that was. At friends' houses. That's the kind of game that like, I think I might get and play with Elena. Because she is she's a lover of many things. But perhaps the biggest advocate in the world for the simple minigame. And a game that's just made of mini games, I think she will get a kick out of. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? I know people are excited for WarioWare. Yeah, and even like uh, in the Treehouse Live, they showed more more of it, and they mm. um, they showed that the two player thing. It's not like you're necessarily working against each other; you're working with someone. And there's even yeah. a character that you and your, like, one character that you and your uh, friend or buddy control at the same time. Oh, fun. Yeah, so, like, it's just a, another level of weird, crazy chaos that that game can throw at you. I don't chaos? think... Uh, chaos. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a game I'm going to necessarily buy, though. Yeah. Um. It might be something that if there's, like, a party happening, I'd be like, you know what I need to get? I need to get WarioWare for this. And right, like, right. And give everyone a, a, a Switch, a, a Joy-Con that doesn't have Drift and have them play it. But, I, again, that's, a, that's, that's something I know people were looking forward to that mm-hmm. when a lot of people were talking about their wish list was not on there. And I think that's going to be an unexpected surprise for a lot of people. A good announcement. Now, I think, for me, it is very dependent on the price. I know apparently... A few weeks ago or maybe months ago, there was like a survey that Nintendo sent out asking people like, how much would you want to pay for a new WarioWare game? You know, $60 or $40. Because to me, $40 is a no-brainer. Wait, they really asked that? Yeah. So people thought that there might be a WarioWare game coming. Uh, $40 (laughs) I would would pay for. I would pay $40 for this. Because, you know, Nintendo games, like Nintendo proper games... When they go on sale, they get like $2 off. Like Breath of the Wild, I mean, for good reason, it's still right? selling crazy. <laughs> like, you still are buying that game full price. But were you aware, I would pay $40 for that as opposed to 60 But that's just me where I am with my life and also where I am with my relationship to WarioWare. Uh, just one more game that I'm excited for, and I don't have much to say about it, but Shin Megami Tensei Five. I, as you may know from listening to this podcast, I've gotten very into uh, Persona, and Sh- Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei Five, uh, not Five, but Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, I've never dipped into those games, but this one looks good. I mean, it looks like uh, how do you say like equivalent to playing a Persona game, but with you know different steps and different parts to it. So I'm I'm into that, and I'm gonna play that when it comes out. So I uh, I'm a big fan of these like open world 3D JRPG games, right? And yeah. they at the Treehouse Live afterwards had um, people do a gameplay uh, of it, and it looked a lot of kind of what you would do in like a Persona game, obviously with like the mm-hmm. elements and stuff like that catching monsters and using them not monsters what are they called whatever demon demons whatever. yeah yeah like persuading them or paying them off or whatever but the game itself to me just looked a little dull i i agree with you because i didn't watch the treehouse i didn't watch the full treehouse live so i didn't catch the shimigami tensei stuff but like i think I will like the game, but I think I will like it less than Persona because, as we've talked about, something that makes Persona, particularly Persona 5, so interesting and so good is the visual and, like, audio style that it has with the soundtrack and with the way that, like, each menu is, like, really interesting to look at. Whereas when they were doing the, like, (laughs) the fighting stuff, it's like, oh, this is... (laughs) 
it's just like a regular JRPG menu, which is fine. Like not everything needs to be like mind blowing, but it didn't like didn't grab me in the same way that those games do. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that was reaffirmed way more by watching that um, the uh, the treehouse that this might not be a game. I I, it it should be a game I want to play, but I don't know if I end up well, but. That Treehouse Live did, in fact, sell me on another JRPG game. Is it Dragon Rampa? Is that a JRPG? I don't know. I watched they were they're oh. doing like that re-release. And I was like, huh, that seems like Justin's kind of thing. Well, what did it sell you on? I'm looking here. Um, Dragon Rampa, though, actually, I'm excited for that. Um, looking for an opportunity or excuse to play that. I think that's a cool like visual novel, choose your own adventure detective game kind of thing, in which you basically yeah. have to find out which of your classmates is a murderer. <laughs> That's fun. But the uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, and I know we talked about oh, this, yeah. but they actually showed gameplay for the first time in the Treehouse Live of like people like walking through it. And the the game itself does this really cool job of like melding the aspects of Monster Monster Hunter and the more action-y stuff and like that they have in there, but like changing that over to a JRPG format, but still having a lot of like the hunting monsters. Uh, catching monsters instead of killing them. Uh, mm-hmm. Your party is made up of monsters and people, and you can kind of choose like the makeup from that. And I know mm. you're saying, but you just said Shin Megami Tensei Five had the same thing, and that wasn't cool. But like the idea that these like creatures are ones that you can ride around, like they showed um, them yeah, hatching yeah. an animal in between things, and then you can ride that animal and it has different traversal skills than the other animal. Um, and the combat has this cool, like, rock, paper, scissors thing to it that you only control your character, and the other one's kind of like you have to, like, like based on their, like, stats and stuff, they'll be doing similar things, so you have to set up your party strategically versus your enemies. It just looked like not only did the combat and the monster raising start to scratch the right itches for me, but the actual exploring and the stuff, you the same thing that you do in Monster Hunter in which you hunt monsters and use their body parts to upgrade your armor, you do the same thing in this. Uh, you have to sharpen your... Like, all the mechanics and stuff for Monster Hunter were here. So um, I, I am very interested in playing this uh, demo on the 25th. Uh, the one thing that's a little... A little he- makes me a little hesitant is that basically the main character in this is the granddaughter son of the main character for Monster Hunter Stories 1. So it's not necessarily important that you play it, but, like, Mm -hmm. it adds so much flavor. Because one of the cutscenes was like, you're Red's, uh, you're Red, like, whatever the character. Like, it just seemed like that will add to the story, but... I sure. don't think I necessarily need to, and I think that was reaffirmed after watching this. Um, yeah. And that game's hard to get. I don't know if I said this before, but like uh, the best place for me to play it, my phone, and that's not a win. What? Yeah. Is it not on the Switch? No, it was on the 3DS. And I can lend, uh, you, I can I, lend you a 3DS if you need it. Well, I, I mean, I, I can try. I can see if I can like go through the eShop and buy it. I have a 3DS, but like okay. even like going online to try to buy the cart. I couldn't find mm. it conveniently. And I'm Got sure it. there are ways, right? But, like, I mean, I was to the point where last night I would have, like, ah, should I buy this game? I would have just dropped that bad boy into my cart and kept it on my shelf and never played it. But it's $20 sure. on the phone, so if I really want to play it, I'll probably do it there. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about that because I have never played a Monster Hunter game, and they seem very scary to me because it looks like doing homework. But um, <laughs> I have games like that, though, that I'm sure are not. Isn't that what a JRPG people. is? Exactly. That's the thing. Um, so Shin Megami Tensei, if I may talk about that game in its relation to Persona, because Persona is a spinoff, as just mentioned before. And uh, Persona has sort of since the re- re- Persona has sort of since the release of Persona 5 become I don't know if it's more popular than Shin Megami Tensei, but it's definitely like getting there. And particularly with the way that Atlas, the -hmm. treatment Atlas has given Persona 5 with uh, the base game, Royal, the dancing game, Dancing in Starlight, uh, Strikers, apparently there's like a rumor that there's a fighting game coming out for it. Like that game is getting the Royal treatment, no pun intended, although that would have been funny if I had planned it. Do you know anything about about Big Time, not Big Time Rush, uh, One Direction? Uh, I attended 
a Harry oh. Styles concert at Ooh. the United Center. And Very jealous. I, I had a, a, a photo of the men's bathroom. And I felt confident and comfortable taking a photo in the men's bathroom because I've never seen no one in the men's bathroom at the United Center before. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, let me just say, Harry Styles is an incredible artist. Uh, but Elena is a big fan of him and so has followed his career from his One Direction days. Um, and One Direction used to be on tour with popular Nickelodeon boy band Big Time Rush and then got more famous than them while they were on tour together. That happens to bands frequently. Um, but I think that is hilarious. It's the kind of thing where it's like, wait, no, you were supposed to be opening for me, you know, in the same way that like persona and Shimagami Tensei is like, no, you, you're supposed to be the spinoff. Like no one's supposed to like you, it, me, it's me. It's about me. Look at a Jack Frost. Uh, so <laughs> the comparison to me is right there. Uh, a fun, a fun little side story. With One Direction is uh, my girlfriend, huge One Direction, huge Harry Style fan. That's why I was at uh, the concert. Um, And the number one song uh, on her uh, phone, like on on her iPod, is is it like 2 2 a.m. or like there's an a.m. song? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you the name of it specifically, but yes, I'm familiar. But it always plays whenever she like plugs her um, plugs her phone into like the 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 car or the stereo or whatever. So oh, I've sure, heard that song too. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, if I may, just we're not a music podcast, but that the Finer Things album. I think that's what it's called. The one with him and like the purple T-shirt, not T-shirt. The the purple like shirt white pants uh that's a good that's a good album. There's a lot of good ones on there. So that's, uh, we have veered away from video games in such a major way. <laughs> do you have anything else? Do you have anything else to say about uh, this Nintendo conference other than I mean, like for me, uh, it, that it is rivaled, I think, with the Bethesda Xbox conference in terms of like stealing the show. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, and this might be controversial, and all the fanboys out there are gonna be like, "You just hate Xbox." I enjoyed the way this Nintendo Direct introduced all these games, talked through these games with me. Mm. They had the narrator kind of giving me stuff through them. That it made games that even I wasn't interested in make me interested in them. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed the style better, but it's not even close to Xbox because Xbox had 27 games on Game Pass on Game that Pass. I can play. Yeah. And I don't care because I look at all these games and I'm already like thinking here, like if these games are even all 40 to $60, right? If that's the price range for most of these games, I can't afford them. Nor right. will I dabble in some of them. Like, if Metroid was on Game Pass, uh, uh, I would definitely play that. I Day one, enjoy it. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's going to be $60. Is I, I, uh, I mean, I'll probably buy it because I'm a broken human being. But, like, even having that pause when I'm watching these games, think about, like, am I going to drop money on this? You don't have that worry with the Xbox conference because those mm-hmm. games, I get to try them out. I get to find out if I'm going to like them and love them and play them. I can experiment with them. Um, whereas this one, I'm not going to play Advance Wars 1 and 2. I know people love Advance Wars, but like, yeah. I, I'm not going to play that. And if you want to play it, uh, Peter, um, I'm going to yell at you and I'm going to give you Fire Emblem Three Houses instead. Well, it's the internet, so the yelling at me was... Um, goes without saying. <laughs> I, I do understand what you mean. Um, I I think that, to your point, they have a really good understanding, and I think we talked about this yesterday, they have a really good understanding of, like, what games need to be introduced as, like, we're about to talk about Two Point Campus and then show you the trailer of Two Point Campus so you can say, oh, got it, I know what this is, and then they don't need to introduce, like, you know, or uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Uh, but games like Super Monkey Ball or or uh, WarioWare, maybe. And again, maybe they did introduce those games. But at the end of the day, they might have gotten less of an introduction or less of an explanation from that narrator guy than um, the games that maybe might not be as well known or that you might not re- be really expecting. So. Good presentation. Yeah, like they, they're just they're very self-aware of the audience and what their needs mm-hmm. are in it. And I like that a lot. Um, and uh, they also had the benefit of the Treehouse Live, uh, which was like nothing else yes. competing with that. 
So like you had three hours to watch these games. And I'm going to tell you something that I would not have said before this conference, but I was sold on another game. Well, that was, was that? shown in both the conference and the Treehouse Live. Can you can you guess what that game was? The games, your options are uh, yeah, Metroid, mm-hmm. Mario Party Remaster, whatever that game was. So it's not that one, obviously. Monster yeah. <laughs> Hunter Stories 2, Mario Golf, Shin Megami Tensin, Advance Wars, WarriorWare, and Metroid again. Uh, it was definitely, Justin, definitely Mario Golf. Oh my god, I was watching them play it and I was like and legitimately like getting the the itch to mm-hmm. to line up a, a T, am I saying that correctly? And like nope. bring out the four unit and just just nope. smack that onto the court. I uh, like right. they the way the way that and they probably have shown this stuff before, but I legitimately just tuned it out. But watching someone kind of play through it, like the story mode, you make your Wii, you go around a place, it looks like it's uh like a like a Pokemon town that you can talk to everyone in. They you have make boss your battles. Got it. Okay. So you said you make your Wii, and I was like, I don't know, huh? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> oh, I said we. I'm sorry. The me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, you make good. a me. And then you can up, upgrade that character, which is not like the biggest deal or whatever. But then they have like they have like uh, like training to show you mm. like, all right, we want to make sure we get your max power. This is going to teach you how to get max power. They had like a like a target you had to hit with different numbers around it, and like your max power would take you to the ten. Anything less would take you to a different number. So you want to get the sure. highest score possible. But then they had like, all right, we're gonna do max power, but now we're gonna teach you how to roll the ball. And they had the same target, except now the ten was just outside of your range, and they wanted to teach you to do it. So like those like tutorials and stuff that are made in the game and gamified like that make that game look awesome to me. But then they had a freaking boss battle. You were fighting oh. this big like firebird in the forest in the forest in the desert and like not only did you have to like run around this open area and like find the right place to like tee up on this freaking firebird but then you had to like do it quickly enough so you didn't run out of water because you're in a freaking Hmm. desert and you're thirsty um so like that was just like a cool thing that didn't look like it was outside of the realm of what the gameplay was because it looked a lot like the speed, uh, the speed golf that they have, and which you're, it's just yeah. chaos, and you have like four people on the same green just shooting uh, golf balls at the same time, going as fast as possible. And even that looked fun because you have like a stamina meter you have to think about. The characters have different like um, powers that you can do. And again, mm-hmm. this might have been said all before. But I did not pay attention to it until the Treehouse Live, like even during sure. the actual direct. They're like Mario Golf. I was like, there, you know, like not even paying attention <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, so yeah, I'm actually really excited for this game now, and I'm probably gonna get it maybe day one. Question for you: Does it have motion controls in the same way that like uh, mm-hmm. Wii Sports did? See, that is the to me the perfect way to do some of these games because I assume it's not necessary because if you're playing on a Switch Lite, you can't do it. But like Mm-mm. allowing mm-hmm. people to use motion controls if that's their thing or being able to say like you know you can't just play it handheld or you can do it with a controller it's just i think that's really cool uh and that is the way i think they should go because i think motion controls when they are using the gimmicks well i think that's when they shine the brightest so like i know that golf works because i've played a lot of uh we sports golf in my days being able to do that with this game sounds great. I don't want to do that for every game. Like some games need traditional controllers. So uh, that that's cool. I am, I'll say it probably not going to play it just because it doesn't really sound like my thing, but exactly to the point of what you were talking about with this Treehouse live, so many games would benefit from being able to see them played and being able to sit down with, I don't know if it's the developers or whoever, but someone involved with the game's creation to just say, here's what we're sort of going for. This is what, this is a better look at the game. So you can sort of say whether or not you're into it. So that's really cool in in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that was the kind of big takeaway for me. The last kind of the the point with that was I just really liked the Mario golf game. So I think Mm -hmm. Nintendo had a great conference. I think it was an awesome conference. Um, I think there's so many surprises in it, so many things people were expecting, so many things that um, are uh, new and old that, of course, people are still like, I don't think people are upset by this conference, but there's things that people wanted to to hear that they didn't hear. I mean, if you're an Earthbound fan, you're probably still waiting, but guess what? You're probably going (laughs) to wait for another lifetime (laughs) to hear anything about Nintendo. 
Um, but I really enjoyed this. This was uh, such a a, a uh, uh, fresh start from yesterday. I would I would have to agree. Um, I think they're one of the best two conferences of the of the show. I mean, I don't think they I don't think that they had maybe a whole lot of competition, but they didn't have to be as good as they were to to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I um I want to like I I don't want to take away from Xbox and Nintendo's conferences to say that they were the best two by saying that the rest of the conferences were horrible. <laughs> Correct. That's what I mean. And they're, they're like legit. They were legitimately. These would have been top tier conferences in most any other E3 year that I can remember. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And also, like, I'm not maybe on board with like trashing every single one of the conferences that a lot of people are trashing on. I thought the Square Enix one was great for Guardians of the Galaxy alone. Um, I mean, I liked the Bandai Namco one, taking a look at House of Ashes a little bit more because with those sorts of episodic games, sometimes you don't, get, <laughs> sometimes you don't really get to hear a lot yeah. about them or their development or anything before they come out. So I don't know. I understand that some people might be disappointed by like Bandai Namco one in particular, especially with the announcement of like Elden Ring. But I, um, I, I don't think that this E3 was maybe as desolate and bad as, as a lot of other people are, are maybe trying to make it seem because, and I know we talked about this maybe yesterday, or the day before a lot of people worked on this, even, even the conferences that people didn't like so much, a lot of people put a lot of time into these conferences. And at the end of the day, I think that that's kind of cool. So, and it was bad because there was so much of it, right? Like it, I, I, when people are saying it's bad, they, they just had, such a focus on looking at all these conferences and usually at E3, you don't go to E3 to watch every single stream or every single conference like that. Right. That is, I think where like people's expectations needed to hit reality a little bit more. The fact that we yeah. had access on a level that most people don't have before ever. Um, the fact that there were so many announcements were so many games um, like the fact that there's so much there's yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to not be every game's not going to be, Metroid, you know what I mean? Like it, it, that's right, not right. realistic. And um, I am excited by a lot of games. Um, there are a lot of games that I was not going to be purchasing before E3 this year that I'm now going to be purchasing. So it was a good year. Um, and uh, I got to be honest, I, I pretty much watched this whole conference, uh, this whole E3 cover to cover for the first time ever. And I don't know if I can recommend doing that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I enjoyed my time. There's one. Happy, happy first E3, Hitbox. Well, uh, hopefully we'll catch you next Woo! year and maybe be in person. Maybe we'll be there with little microphones with the little, uh, you know, those like little boxes that like real news people use. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I was, I was thinking like uh, game show microphones from the 70s. You know, it's like really oh, like skinny we'll ones. We'll do that instead. We'll do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I know some powder blue suits that would be perfect for us to wear. Oh, I may have stolen one of those Potter Blue suits, and it might be in my closet. <laughs> so there's one less to find. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that on uh, recording. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> well, thank you. Seriously, everyone who has tuned in to go over the events of E3 with us over these past four days, thank you so much for listening. Truly, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I, I really, we, we really do appreciate it here. And I, I, I don't know about you, Justin. I had a lot of fun watching these conferences, talking about them with you and speculating about the next year or so of, of video games, because I think I know we talked about it last week, but I think the future of of games for 2021 is looking great. And I think particularly after this E3, I think it's it's looking pretty good. There are some pretty strong contenders, just some housekeeping stuff. As mentioned in other episodes, we are not going to be publishing an episode on Thursday, the 17th, because we just uh we're we're ti we're tired and we did four episodes in four days and that's f uh too many i'll say so our next episode the next scheduled hitbox hitbox episode 47 will be going up on thursday the 24th so a week from thursday here um 
other than that, you can find us on Twitter at HitboxPod, or you can send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. I want to know what you all thought about E3. I want to know specifically what you thought about Nintendo. Uh, maybe if, you've, if you're one of the four people like me that specifically sought out House of Ashes, I, I want to talk about it. I think it looks pretty fun. Um <laughs> Uh, or, or if you have any general thoughts about E3 or any of the other conferences that we talked about, or maybe some that we didn't talk about, because I know we didn't maybe catch every single thing. Um, I, we would love to hear, hear from you. Justin, do you have anything to say here before we close it out? Uh, I, my wallet's not going to like me soon. I completely agree. I was thinking about having to sit down and pre-order Guardians of the Galaxy. I know I'm not one bit like I'm not big for pre-ordering stuff, but like I want to do it while it's on the mind. Um, I got a pre-order Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Metroid. Those those are the two that really stick out to me for getting that done. But E3 2022, whoever wants to come try and take the crown. Good luck, because we are going to be back. Probably, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'll call, you know what? I'll say it. I am comfortable calling it right now. We'll be back E3 2022, uh, bringing you all things video games coming in the future. Until then, always remember, old games are old. We will catch you next week. Later. Peace. Ha, ha, ha.